It's the 120 Podcast, Mikey Fernelli and Benjamin Hootie coming at you for a late night edition. It is Monday night at 10 o'clock. Normally, we usually record well before this. Usually, the latest we'll usually go is like right after dinner. I know Ben especially has supported the idea in the past that we start doing these later at night. And that might actually get us more available to put out episodes every week. Because it's been, I think it's been two full weeks by now, Ben, at least because we had a... uh, what do we? What do we want to call it? A hidden episode? A secret episode? A mystery episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 weird vibes with that one, to say the yeah. least. We recorded last Sunday, and to open the um. By the way, the Nuggets just won the NBA championship. That's why you can't see my video on my screen. I'm about to turn off my TV so I can focus on this. So I'm turning it off. The Nuggets just won the NBA championship. I really don't care about basketball um that much although i learned today that ben hootie is a also a fan of winning time on hbo yes i'm yes great show i honestly like a friend of the pod andrew uh petrusevsky was roasting us no that's not a roast i've been following truly i had no like obviously they teased the season two right at the end of season one and this is like a random banter but (laughs) i didn't know that they were actually like going through with like I'm pretty good with keeping up with that stuff. Like as you know, mm-hmm. yeah, movie, you're you're pretty into movies and TV, yeah. So like I know when like things are in production and when things are getting written. I had no idea this was happening. Like truly, yeah, no. I had no idea. And sure I enough, did. it's coming out in two months. I knew about it only because I remember hearing about it right after season one, and then like last week I saw an article in, I think it was Variety online about season two. Um. And then that actually, like a week ago when I saw that article, because I really like season one of that show, and it sparked me to buy the actual book by Jeff Perlman that that show is based on called Showtime, right. and I've been reading that this week, and it's actually a really good book. Um, but yeah, but, that's, our, that's our random basketball talk. But really quick, this one is completely – this is completely different from the book, right? The book only covers that first season, correct? No, no. Okay, so the book – no, the book has all of it. Um, actually fun, like the book's like 500 pages long. And I just, it's kind of funny that the trailer for season two came out today because I just finished up to like page a hundred. I think it's like chapter five and that's the entire first season. Like now we're on to like the next couple of years, like 1981, 1982, stuff like that. So the, maybe he extended the book because I think originally it was just the one season, but this version of it is all that seasons. Yeah. Cause I saw in the thing, it said new decades. So yeah. 1980s, maybe we'll get a little Michael right. Jordan action in this one. Yeah. We'll, we'll have That's to see huge. what happens. But that was our random basketball talk as we were, we were like debating Ben and I, if we wanted to record or wait to watch the end of the NBA finals. And then we both were like, nah, whatever, let's record. And then it, I had computer issues. So we ended up seeing the very end of it. Um, Sean Payton, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, all in attendance in Denver. No Chris Bryant. Ben pointed out that the Rockies probably played tonight, which I'm going to wait to confirm in about two seconds. And they're under delay. Yep, they're under they're delay. Chris, Chris could have been there, but nope. Terrible fan. Terrible ambassador for the city. In Boston, though. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but, he is on the, but he is on the ILs. So. Yeah, he is. Because I was going to see him play in Kansas City last week. And... He got put in the IL the day before. Chris <gasps> on the IL. Shocking. Man's made of glass. Anyway, this late night 120 pod is going to be, I can already tell it's going to be just off the rails, but hopefully it's entertaining to the people because right now the way we t- can talk about the Chicago Cubs is um, 
well, hold on first. I never really explained what the mystery pod was. I'll say that really fast. Yeah. We recorded last Sunday. Um, we were both really down in the dumps about the Cubs, and then we won the first two against San Diego, and both of us were kind of like, all right, this is now irrelevant. <laughs> so we didn't put it out, and then we were like, yeah, we definitely shouldn't put it out at all. No, no, got... no. It's, it vice, it's vice versa. So we recorded on Sunday after they took two out of three against San Diego, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then uh, – Audio stuff, Illinois State emails, I hate you, Outlook, <laughs> screws up audio, all this, now whatever. And we were like in the process of editing and posting and whatnot. And by that time, we had already lost three games in a row to the San Diego Padres slash LA Angels. And you text me and go, <laughs> yeah, we should probably look to get a new episode out there. <laughs> and then but both of us are working five days a week, but we had to make some time tonight and this Monday because the Cubs – are kind of in a situation where um, it would be boring just to talk about the Cubs in this late night edition. I'll I'll put it bluntly. It's kind of like, where the heck are we on the season? Like, what is going on? It, I mean, a couple nice wins and a series win in San Francisco. I, I'll give credit where credit is due. But Ben Hootie pointed out before we started recording, issues on the Twitter sphere is starting to make it kind of feel like seasons past. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so weird because like, you know, on on Friday you get a another gem from Marcus Stroman. On Saturday you get a near no hitter from Kyle Hendricks, and obviously yesterday lose by ten runs, but whatever. But on Friday and Saturday it's like, what's what's the biggest what's the biggest talking point about these two amazing pitcher these two stud pitchers having amazing performances? What's their trade value at the trade deadline? That's what's most important, and that's usually not a good sign that your uh, your season is going in a uh, in a positive direction prior to a negative direction. Here's my two hot takes. That's a classic in sports. My hot take. Let's see if people hot disagree. Hot takes at ten eleven on a yeah. Monday night. The I was going to say the unemployed friends, but we're actually both employed. That's why we, it's why we're recording at 10 o'clock on a Monday night. Um, But my hot takes both have to do with the elephant in the room, Marcus Stroman. Ooh, this could get interesting right now. I'll give a compliment. I'll do a hot take sandwich, a hot take, a compliment, then a hot take, hot take one. Bro needs to sometimes put down his phone. Oh like he God. like like Twitter. He's a bit annoying on Twitter sometimes. Like, and this is for no reason. Like, I know he's up on Twitter with a lot of opinions, not baseball related. Anything like that is not what I'm talking about. Like, he can do whatever he wants that comes to that. But when it comes to like the individual decision makings of his business and his career, it's a little bit strange how open he is about like liking people's tweets, saying he should come play for the Blue Jays and stuff like that, and then still posting how much he loves put, being a cup. It's a little strange. Well, it I don't understand it either because if obviously people read into the him liking the Blue Jays tweet, but his next like tweet was a a, a fan of the Blue Jays just harping on the organization after the whole yeah. Anthony Bass situation, which to, let's, we don't even have to get into that because that's their no. issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just. It's like he he seriously does need to put the phone down sometimes, and I, it, it's part of his charm and his negatives because yeah, part of his charm is the fact that he's just so open with the fans, especially Cubs fans, because we've embraced him 
with open arms. But on the other side, it's like, dude, why? I you, I guess it's no different than saying it in an interview. But it feels like it comes off a little different when you're it, saying it does come off a little different because that, he, I don't think he would say these things in, in, with a mic in his face. Not just just say Strowman wouldn't. I feel like most players wouldn't. Like, Twitter oh, I'm not just, even talking about the Blue Jays thing. I'm more talking about oh, the yeah. fact of that he said that him and Jed haven't had a conversation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or how they weren't ready for any conversation. Yeah, and it's that's the thing. Like, kind of like you talked about, he'll just like anything. I think kind of like Wilson Contreras last year, doing something similar on Twitter and Instagram. It's just like. Sometimes I think it's just a way to like stir the pot and have fun. Like, I won't lie. If I was super famous and I like, if I was a super famous stud baseball player, which somehow that went wrong in my life plan, that didn't happen. Like I would love to like mess around with fans like that and stuff like on Twitter. I'm sure he loves that people like us, like two losers like us are spending our Monday night debating his happenings on Twitter. But like, it's a little strange. Like it, Let's let's say this, and here's my here's my compliment in the middle of the hot take sandwich. The compliment is that he's had a heck of a season. I like that. I love that guy a lot in this team, and he seems like a great teammate. But if he wasn't doing all those things, I feel like this Twitter stuff would be a lot more pre- prevalent because people would say he really needs to put down the phone and focus on his game. Oh, for sure. And even thinking back to last year, like I remember a couple of follows that I have in Cubs Nation over there on Twitter, just people would harp on him when he was doing bad because he would, he would always pick up the phone right away and he'd be, you know, he'd have a bad start and he'd be liking tweets about him going to pitch for the Colorado Rockies or pitching for the New York Met or New York. Excuse me. He would never pitch for those two organizations. He's been very loud and clear about that, but I don't know, blue Jays or something like that. As you said, it's okay now because he's, he's killing it, I guess. I don't know. His most like his most recent like tweet, and I won't get into the details because it has nothing to do with baseball. But his most recent like tweet is something against the Rickets, and somebody said, "I wonder why they're dealing with this, but not engaging in extension talks." It has eight likes, and he's one of them. Like it's not even like it was some viral tweet. Like he saw someone tagged him in an anti tweet like that and liked it. But then it's, the third one down is is something supporting him in the Cubs. There's really no logic connected to it. No, and that's why I think people need to take it with an absolute grain of salt like yeah especially when it comes to this extension thing like as much as it hurt to hear that he hasn't had a meeting with Jed Hoyer yet and I think this is a good segue into us talking about that mm-hmm. um I'm taking it with a complete grain of salt because I've seen it too many times already with Marcus Stroman and he's been here for a year and a half I all right here's all right, so we had yeah. What's the, your next hot take? Your con- the, you had your hot take compliment. The bread, the bread was the bottom bread was the uh put his phone down. The meat of the sandwich was he's having a hell of a season, and I really like him as a teammate for this team. And he's thirty, and he's still good. But that actually is the thirty, and he's still good is kind of like the sauce in the sandwich because the bun on top is I don't mind trading him. I just said it on the Monday night at ten something. Some team is going to overpay for him, and I actually am okay with it. He's been great. Don't get me wrong. And I know so many people are going to disagree with me, but if like, I don't want to trade him for a bag of balls, but like if someone who's like trying to actually win the world series this year is ready for it and will give us just a haul, I'm okay with it. There's a line I think where, and I'm not going to disagree with you because as we said, as we started the episode off there, you win a series and it's a different vibe all of a sudden, once again, for the last, as it's been for the last couple of weeks, but 
I think there's a line where you trade Marcus Stroman for because you you truly do. I think they want to have him here. They want to make him a Cub. They want to keep him as a Chicago Cub. But if 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 you're talking to teams and you know there's prospects that are, I think that's I think that's the line. They need to trade for one or even two guys that are ready to come up and make an impact at either in the second half of this year or next year. You need to, they need to trade for like a guy that's just ready to take over a position and roll with it as a few, as the future of the Chicago Cubs, whether that's, you know, obviously second shorts, pretty locked up, whether that's third base, first catcher, any of the outfield spots, whatever it might be, or a starting pitcher or not a reliever, but you, you, they, if they're going to trade Marcus Stroman, and this is my take, I guess, on this Sun, on this Monday night, they need to trade for a guy that is ready to take over, almost immediately. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'm not, I'm not saying they should trade him. I'm saying I wouldn't mind it, depending on what the package is, because I, I, this isn't to say like I already know that you know, I might get a comment or two now that like if anyone listens and hears this part that. Let's say we extend him next week. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's say next week some extension comes out. We do an emergency pod, and I, I'm i not going to have to act excited. I'd be thrilled. But then again, he is 30 years old. Like, he, he can hit the wall any given day. He's having a heck of a season. His value's never been higher. Insert blank team here that thinks they can win the World Series with a great farm. They might be willing to give up an arm and a leg. The, the question is, would the Cubs, one, do that? and commit to basically saying like, all right, we're going to phone it in. <clears throat> and two, they better get, like you said, that return, either someone who's ready to come change his team now, or <laughs> someone with such high expectations that we can't, we, we have to be like, okay, you know what? It is what it is. Like Pete Crow Armstrong. I, right. But the thing about Pete Crow Armstrong and the difference between the Cubs, when they started off this, rebuild which i guess still really isn't over is they were looking for prospects to develop on their own hands and pca is is a guy that while he was a star in the making it's it's a guy that is is a cubs prospect now as much as he was a mets guy i Mm, i i don't want to trade package for marcus stroman where it's where it's similar to you darvish where there's guys that are still years away because they traded for 16 and 15 year olds that had a high ceiling. Like I can't, I can't, I can't do that again with, with this front office and just, just the way that it's gone the last couple of years, because we still, you Darvish was the first one off the table and we still haven't felt the impact that that trade has made yet on the organization. Yes. Do you, that's the question. That's why I don't think they're going to trade him and I don't think they're going to extend him and he's going to walk because it's it's kind of like Wilson. Like will anybody at the deadline give Marcus Stroman give the Cubs enough for them to trade Marcus Stroman? Like Stroman is really 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 good. He he will be an all-star just like Wilson was last year. And <clears throat> depending on what his second half starts to look like how much I guess what I'm trying to say is you and I are starting to say, Ben, like the best case scenario, the reason we would trade Stroman is if we get someone who is ready to change our team within the next season, like at, by the end of 2024, basically. And, right. And, but who's doing that? Like who's giving away that for one starter in a playoff run? 
I'm not. It's, that's all I'll say. I no, you're right. And as you're in the middle of that, I'm not even looking for like the Jordan Walkers. I'm just gonna name the top prospects. I'm not even looking for the Jordan Walkers, Corbin Carroll's, no. Jack, uh, who's the Gunnar Hendersons of the world, because those guys are on another tier, and they wouldn't trade no. them for Mark Stroman. But, and I'm more talking like in the farm system right now, like some of these right, like, like top not up ten, there, like yeah, like but like named, yeah. top t- top ten guys, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the Ellies and the Jackson Holidays, whatever it yeah. may be. But I'm looking for a guy that more can be a starter next season, like take over position. He's been developed nicely in this yes. in in another system, and I mean I'm I'm more looking at third base more than anything because mm-hmm. that's a major issue that the Cubs have. And I don't even think we have to talk about it in this episode, but. But, but that's my that, here. Okay. I will say one thing about that. This is, this is not meant to be a sad episode. This is, we're not trying to burn on the Cubs here, but like, you know, I'm a Rossi truther until, until, you know, I go to the grave. I I don't think many of these Cubs problems are on David Ross. Some of them are, but like, what the hell did Patrick wisdom say to David Ross or his family? Like what, like, why does he not play anymore? Like what happened? What happened, Ben? What happened? I, I don't know, dude. Patrick Wisdom's had a really bad week, and I well, know. Well, okay, when he, when I he know, does play, he sucks. But I know we talked about it, um, when in our mystery episode, so the people will never hear. <laughs> and we were kind of like, yeah, he should be playing, but especially this week, my eyes kind of opened up a little bit. The strikeouts are just going higher and higher and higher, and he's not he's not seeing the ball at all right now, dude. He cannot, like, I don't know when's the last time. I think the last time he hit a home run was that meaningless two home runs he hit against Cincinnati when we got swept. Uh, I don't know, dude. He's not seeing the ball at all. I want, I'm a big, like, Patrick Wisdom's like one of those last guys left where it's like, you, you love, it's, it's, it's Frank Schwindel to an extent at this point because Frank Schwindel was just funny when it happened. But Patrick Wisdom yeah. really like competed with this team and tried to Wisdom, do everything that he could. Wisdom proved he was like good enough to stick around, but never forget that Wisdom heading into 2022 was like surprised he had a roster spot. Like at the end of the day, Patrick Wisdom is not, is not a career major league starter at this point in his career. And he was, I don't think he was ever meant to be for the Cubs, but for a while there, he got it looked like he was going to be really good. And I still think there's some hope for him because I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think they're going to do anything with him. I, I, if they ever, if it ever got to the point where you'd have to like DFA Patrick Wisdom, I, I'd be pretty sad. But, um, I don't think that's, I don't see a situation, and no one's going to trade for him, but it's like. I get Talkman played all three games in San Francisco too, but like I feel like there's plenty of days where wisdom should still be in that lineup where especially if you're kind of just floating along like we're talking about with the Cubs right now. That's that's the only thing I'll give him uh some credit for, I guess you could say, uh, when it comes to the strikeouts being up and that average just keeps shooting down even though people aren't fans of batting average anymore, but I'm gonna use it. Uh <laughs> I don't know why that was that sounded so um what's the word? Taking a I'm taking a shot at someone. Yeah, that like I know. you're you're catching some kind of stray or so, or someone's catching some kind of stray. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about batting average, even though someone doesn't care about it anymore. Is there I, someone specifically you're talking about? Oh no, I'm just saying some people don't care yeah, about no. that set anymore. But anyway, you're talking about his the one of the only positives. 
he he isn't seeing at bats every day like he used to. So he's no. just it's like he's just like a fly on the wall at this point. Whenever David Ross needs him, get in there and strike out on three pitches like he has been. I wanted to get fixed. I want him to keep I want him to mash home runs. He's still <laughs> up there in NL like leaders for home runs, but I don't know. This past week has been it's been pretty it's it, this is probably the worst week Patrick Wisdom's ever had as a Chicago Cub. Well, that and it, no one around him is really clicking all that much either. I mean, that's, Dansby's, that's on, true Dansby's on his worst stretch of the season right now. It, this is some kind of June swoon for all of them because Dansby's like one for 26 or 27, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not good. Still still should be an all-star, though, if we – yeah. Uh, so go go out and get your voting caps out and do not be like – I'm taking a shot at White Sox fans. Don't be like the White Sox because Jake Berger and Luis Robert are both dead last in their respective categories for all-star voting, which is insane. Whatever. Uh, um, Jake Berger is so good right now that he has made White Sox fans think their team is good. Like, he needs to be an all-star. Oh, 100%. Like, that team sucks still, and they still think – and they think that they're back because of the bat of a man who has the same last name as – a food item and i'm not talking about mike trout i'm talking about jake Berger. i don't think they think they just they just got abysmally lost by the uh the marlins yesterday but um go vote for dansby swanson he's still an all-star but he is on a bad month i think we could i think we could talk about a, a guy that needs deserves his flowers and i think the last time we recorded like he wasn't even really he might have been on the roster. It might have been the early days of him, but Mike talk him, dude. Like he's been like yeah. the best part about this team the last couple of yeah. weeks. He's just Something's a great there. story. That honestly, at this point, the way the season's gone, you got to keep him around. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's found a way. Especially if the Cubs are kind of just. I said it, I said it a couple minutes ago too, but just kind of like floating along. I yep, but the Chicago Cubs are just not having a situation right now that is fun to talk about. But I wouldn't say it's horrible. I mean, we had the series win in San Francisco. What were some of the things you saw there aside from what we already mentioned with the uh, Hendricks eight inning one hit outing? Yeah, Hendricks was electric, and he's he looked like he was back. He's you know he got roughed up his first start, but it's been pretty pretty good ever since then. Talk about Marcus Stroman a little bit. Mike Talkman as well, playing excellent defense out in center field, getting a couple hits. Christopher Morrell put his name back on the home run home run board with a, a much needed home run as he was going through a little bit of a late May and beginning of June swoon. But once again, probably sticking around. And Matt Mervis is starting to get get a little bit, yeah, uh, hitting the ball around a little bit too. So that's that's another positive that we need to uh, address, I guess you could say. Mash lived up to his nickname. And, the, and listen, folks, we never thought the Cubs were a World Series team this year. But but keep in mind, we thought the Cubs could do well in this division. And you know why? Because this division is currently being led by Pittsburgh at 34 and 30. So it's not a good division right now. The Cubs are only six and a half games back, weirdly enough. But that's good for fourth in the division. I'm going on Thursday against the Pirates. I bet Ben will be there, too. He goes to about a game a week. I was going, it's insane because I was going to, but I will not be in attendance anymore, sadly. Something came up. No, I'm going with my dad and brother. We always go to at least one game a year. My dad for years has always said he likes to go to divisional games 
that have an opponent we could probably beat. So for years, it was almost always the Reds and Pirates, and that same logic has continued. But now the the uh, the Bucks are coming into town as the uh, NL Central crown. So we'll we'll see what's we'll see what happens on Thursday and this week. First time this season, I'm ready. Let's show them who they. Let's show. Yeah. Even though I feel like we always end episode like on a positive note and good we'll be, we're positive and we'll, be, and we'll be back here on sunday like oh my god I <laughs> oh can't my god and then go back to the, by the pittsburgh note. pirates but you know what <laughs> we'll be back this week no whatever it might be but yeah you know what <laughs> show the pittsburgh pirates show the world who the pittsburgh pirates are because they are certified frauds in our early prediction video, I told you guys the Milwaukee Brewers are certified frauds. They still are. The The Cincinnati Reds are actually kind of fun, but I don't want to talk about them in that light yet. And the St. Louis Cardinals are just the, the no, trash. Ellie's Ellie's kind of fun. That's about it. I don't know. He's awesome. I, they're kind of cool. Oh, can I – I just want to say something really quick too, Mikey. Yeah. Before yeah. we sign off here. Um. Remember going back to our predictions video when you were going to talk about the Diamondbacks? Oh, yeah. I want to talk about the baby backs, baby. I I, knew it was coming. I called it, dude. You did. And I was so off, too. I just thought that roster was too young still. And you were just being an encyclopedia and knew they would do well. But we were both wrong about the Tampa Bay Rays because we didn't we didn't know where we didn't know where to put them. And I think we both have them at sixth. No, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you your flowers. the The Diamondbacks are really good, and you called that. I should have known to not doubt Ben Hootie. Although the uh, don't forget the Braves also have 40 wins too. So. Oh yeah, you can you can rip me on that one. A I don't bit. know. Well, I I honestly don't remember what it, we. I remember we like, debated that division for a long time, but I think I had the Braves over the Mets. I think that was what we ended up with. Yeah, I had the Braves in third, so okay. you can you can rip me apart for that one. I would, but one, I'm exhausted, and two, I don't remember what I said. So I, I, you know, knowing my luck, I probably, I think I said the Braves, but I, no, you, 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 a hundred percent said the Braves. I, yeah. I remember you went Braves. I've always been, I've always you been went Braves, Brave, Braves, Phillies, Mets. I went Mets, Phillies, Braves. Going back to my MV free days, I guess. Well, I guess I'm still a huge fan of Freddie Freeman, although he's, he's hard, he's hard not to like, but it's hard to like him on the Dodgers, if that makes any sense, but. I love Freddie Freeman, but I but I've always liked the Braves. They're a fun team. I was happy for them when they won the World Series. That was another year that kind of felt like Ben. What we were talking about before we started recording with basketball, you know, it's kind of fun to see like a random team like the Denver Nuggets win a championship. The Braves obviously were like the team of the '90s, um, but you know them, the Nationals. Mm-hmm. In recent years, there's been a couple of World Series winners. It's been like, huh, you know, everyone liked that. Like everyone smiled at that. For sure, and I, dude, it, it, I, I, I just love when the random teams. If it's mm-hmm. not gonna be Chicago on top, I always. Yeah. But if it's not gonna be Chicago on top, shoot, why not let the Denver Nuggets win a championship yeah. or Atlanta Braves or whoever it might be? Florida Panthers. I was hoping for them in hockey, but the Golden Knights are up three one now. Hey, Vegas never won it before. Still pretty cool. Yeah, thing. no, it's oh, it's cool either way. But for some reason. The Blackhawks have like cultivated this young rivalry with the Golden Knights in their first cup in their first five seasons here. Like they, the Blackhawks and Knights, they had that one playoff series in the COVID year, but even before and after that, it's been kind of just, I don't know. It's they have 
some of the coolest jerseys in the NHL, fun team, cool expansion team. But for some reason, the Blackhawks had to like fool around and be like, no, you can't like them. And, you know, we got to get back in the Blackhawks train because Connor Bedard's coming in. So we can't, we can't like screw around and be like, oh, well, the Blackhawks suck so we can root for whoever. No, we got to get back in the Blackhawks train, Ben. Dude. Just like we get, we got to get back in the big blue train. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad right now. Oh my God. If only, I, I wish, honestly, I wish the big blue train was still alive and well and it wasn't, it was, it was vice versa. Of uh, the pitchers stunk and like our offense could score runs. Here's but, here's uh, where we are in the season. Uh, you know what? Finish what you were saying because I, I feel bad cutting you off. Finish what you're saying, then I'll say where here's where we are. I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> here's where we are in the season. You you went to a night game, and uh, you know a classic seven o'clock one. And you're you know you're not like you. You're not going. You're not staying in the city. You're like me. You're going back to the suburbs and. You're, you get on the red line and then you get to the Metro and it's like 10 o'clock, 1030 and you're zooming home, la di da. And all of a sudden you get just like three or four stops out of the city and the train has to stop because there's another train to keep slowing everybody down. Not a major accident, not, you know, nothing that nothing unfortunate for anybody, nothing you want to like do ill wishes of just, you know, an inconvenience. But then it clears up and the big blue train keeps going again and you get all the way home. That's where we are. We're at this moment where it's like, damn, this could either be about 10 minutes or this could ruin my entire night. But and we're looking like it's going to ruin the entire night, but hopefully not if we sweep the Pirates. Who's the train? The Cubs. Is it Pittsburgh? No, no. I'm saying who's the train holding them back? Um, shoot, I didn't think this far into the analogy. I think it's Pittsburgh. If you're, If we're yeah. going off what you just said. Yeah, I well, I think Let's hope I think it's Pittsburgh. I think actually, in order to get this train back going, um, in this analogy, the oil they use to get the train to keep rolling again is actually Pythagorean win percentage. So Let's I bring that I, back. Let's I don't bring know that if you back. have that off the top of your head, but it, I I think the Cubs would be. Wait, how do you calculate Pythagorean win percentage again? Isn't it like chance to win before the game and like what was it? It was like something with like leaving runners on base runners that should have scored um runners that shouldn't have scored for the other team you know not earned runs yada 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 but then go i it's weird because i don't understand how it works like going forward for the future the concept strives to determine the number of games that a team should have won based on its total number of runs scored versus its total number of runs allowed so I was completely wrong. No, you might have found a different thing. That's what the internet just said, but I don't think that was what it was when we were talking about it a couple like no, but it it made a lot of sense then then because we had like the third best run differential in the MLB and we were mm-hmm. losing games still. So that would make sense to be the Pythagorean win percentage. <laughs> <laughs> good good night, go Cubs. All right, I wanted to leave it at that, but Ben made me agree that we should probably wrap it back up in a polite way. So bottom line of the episode, Strowman is in kind of jeopardy. We don't know what's going to happen there, but if we do trade him, it's going to have to be for something significant, and it's going to be a matter of what team's willing to do that, Ben Hootie. Yeah, and, you know, we still got a couple 
weeks, months, a month or so away from the uh, from the trade deadline. This has been a, a certainly one of the episodes, but I love these kind of episodes because I know me too. We could just talk shop. We talked Denver Nuggets. We talked Pythagorean Wind Theorem, which is our favorite. Talked a I little bit that. about the baby backs and random championship winners, as well as got a nice little shout out to Mike Talk him. So yeah, well if the if the big blue train ever starts rolling again, I think would be a cool shirt for us would be um kind of like an obvious shirt without using without trying to steal their brand like a big blue train with with train tracks in a in a triangle with like a pythagorean theorem because it's like two in jokes of our podcast for all like two of our for all like two of our listeners to wear around town what what would the but like what is the triangle for for the pythagorean theorem right Mm. right it's like ben's thing and my thing like yours is like educated, clever, like actually has something to do with what we're supposed to be talking about. And mine, mine's a train. We love trains. Yeah, I do too. All right. Was this, was this really worth it to come back and wrap up? A hundred percent. All right. It was worth it to, to wrap up the way we just did it. We didn't want to end on good night. Go Cubs. So I'll end it now on go Cubs. Good night.